Yes, people, it's episode 231 of Griff's Brain Company. It's me, Griff. Obviously, how are you doing? It is Sunday, very late Sundays. It is 11.41 on a Sunday night. Um, so, going to go into Monday, I guess, recording this. Uh, how are you doing? How are you doing? Um, I am making myself a, a drink. A hot chocolate? Which which flavour did it? Why did I get that flavour? Salted. I never like salted caramel, but I was just thinking about my wife when I bought this. But hey, let's see if this tastes any any nice, any good. I bet it doesn't. I bet this tastes like trash. Anyway, how are you doing? How's your week been? Um, how's my week been? What did I do? Well, um, me and the Banter Bash boys, we... Had a show at Top Secret Comedy Club, sold that out. I mean, it was free tickets, uh, but <laughs> still a sellout, still counts. Um, what we need to do now is just wait to see how much money was given to us, donated as a part of the bucket split. You see, these are two ways you can run a show as a comedian. You either um, back yourself as a, as a, a draw, therefore you charge people on the door. You know, it could be £5 ticket, £10 ticket. Hey, if you're Dave Chappelle, it could be like £200 a ticket. He's a draw. He can do that. But if you're not a draw, if you're a nobody, if you're a schmuck, then you offer it for free. But then what you rely on is your skill and your talent. And um, and hopefully people pay for that. So that's, what, that's the approach we went. Uh, none of us are draws. So we, um, we just... Did our thing, and the the um, the bucket looked decent at the end. But we have to wait and see. Let's wait and see what we made from that. But that's what we did on on Saturday before I sat down and watched Denmark versus Czech Republic. Vittorio, another comedian I know, Vittorio Angeloni. He agrees with me and my brother that there may be a chance that Denmark might win the Euros. Ever since the Ericsson thing happened. Um, <laughs> Well, my brother's uh, description of it was after the Ericsson thing, he thinks that the players will be like galvanised and they'll do it for him. But Vittorio figures it's voodoo. He says it's voodoo and he sacrificed Christian Ericsson. And now they're going to win. And it was hilarious sitting in the pub with him because he's, he's an Irish guy. And uh, so it's just his accent saying it. It was just cracking me up. He's in the pub each time... Something went for Denmark. He just screamed, Voodoo! <laughs> Voodoo! And uh, it was just funny to see other people at the pub having no idea what we were talking about. And just this Irish man shouting, Voodoo! Anytime Denmark did anything remotely talented. But yeah, so we did that. And obviously, I went home to watch England to see if it was coming home. Look, I thought England. I had this like, thing in the back of my head that England were going to mess up against Ukraine. I thought they did so well against Germany that, you know, the Ukraine game, they're going to make this this awkward, horrible match. I thought it was going to be like 2-1 to England. I didn't expect 4-0. I didn't expect 4-0. The 4-0 was so shocking that the coming home vibes just kind of chilled out. Like, it was just too big of a win. Like, I don't think anyone was ready for that. Like, it wasn't a scrap. It wasn't a, a battle. There was no epic story. It was just, nah, England just went and got the job done. Which was just confusing as hell. Well, that's not the English way to do it. Where's the penalty? You know, where, where's the where's the controversial decision? Mm-mm. No, no. England just went, okay, this is a team we need to play with better than them. Let's go do it. And he battered them. So England is still yet to concede a goal in this whole tournament. And this, um, it might actually be coming home. <laughs> it's hard not to get on board. Like I said, I'm not, I'm not anti-England anyway. I mean, I like the players. I mean, this, for me, this is like the most likeable squad England have had in ages. So it's really hard not to, for me anyway, it's hard for me not to get behind this set of players. I think it's just a yeah, I think they're just a good team and I think they've got good cohesion. Still think Italy's are the boys though. They're the boys for it. I think they might win it. They're like a club team. Um 
Hey, not gonna lie, this salted caramel hot chocolate is it's all right. Mm. Decent. But, um, yeah, so I did that. And then what else have I done in the pod, uh, on the pod this week? Um, so I gigged Saturday, uh, Sunday, today, uh, with my brother's stag do. Uh, one of my brother's stag do, so went out for that. Went to comedy, very weird going to comedy and being a pure audience member. Because this is my, these are my peers. It's not like I'm watching a, a Chris Rock or Kevin Hart or a Dave Chappelle where, you know, they're the icons. I'm, I'm watching my peers. So, you know, it, it was just interesting. It's funny because I, I gigged with four of the five acts before. Um, obviously, Cat B has been the MC. Um, Junior, good friend. Kazim, good friend. Victor Daniels, good friend as well. There's Sarah Callahan I hadn't seen before. And it's just funny. It's just like sat there watching it and just trying to enjoy the experience as a pure punter. Like, I'm, I'm not going to go on. I don't need to analyze. But it's hard to turn it off. I was analysing the crowd, thinking, ooh, this is hard to go on. If I'm coming on at this point, this, these are the jokes I would do. Ooh, the crowd are getting a bit rowdy. This is what I would do. I, I, felt I couldn't just sit there and just watch the show. But it's cool, though. It was fun. Um... Bottomless brunch, only for an hour, only bottomless um, rum punches for an hour. So I went hard for the hour, but um, they were watered down. Like, I didn't feel drunk, and I, like I said, I haven't drank in, well, hadn't drank in years. I was drank at the wedding in Portugal uh, a month ago, and then yeah, I then drank yes, uh, drank today, and um, just didn't hit me. They were very juicy punches. It's only towards the end they started tasting that rum. And it usually goes the other way. When you've got like a when you've been drinking a strong punch, it tastes that alcohol when you first taste it, then it stops. <laughs> but it was the other way. So yes, yeah, by the end of it, I was relatively sober. To the point that when we went to another bar after I had a non-alcoholic beer. It's just um though, it's just that, that appetite to just get on it and get mash up, just um it's gone. I think it's gone, man. I think it would only come back if I was in a completely different country and I had no responsibilities the next day. Like, while you're still in the UK, you, you know, you remember it's Sunday. Remember to have to, you know, got to get home. Um, I've got to also be ready to sober up in an instance in case, you know, uh, what do you want to call it? I guess it's B-Day. L-Day. Labour Day. It's called Labour Day. That can kick, that can kick off at any moment. Naomi is 38 weeks pregnant. So um, it can really kick off at any moment. It could kick off mid-pod. Who knows? But I know we think she's not coming early. I think it's going to just be... I, I think it's going to be bang on the day. I know that doesn't even make sense. But I think it's going to be bang on the day. It's when uh, the baby will come. Um, we're um and ahhing about names. We, we've already got a name. I'm knowing about a middle name. Can't even discuss what those names are. Um, but yeah, imagine being set on the name, first name, middle name, and then getting two weeks before due date and going, mm, not too sure on the middle name. <laughs> uh, indecisive clouds. That's it though. It's, it's nuts. It's such a... You know, middle name, people don't even use the middle name, really. But you can't give your child a name that that could just mess them up. So you've got to just work out every angle of the name. She said a name this morning, and I made a song with that name in it. And then she was like, OK, I don't like that name anymore. Because that's what you've got to do. You've got to put yourself in the mind of a juvenile person who just wants to bully someone else. And see if you can make a song from that person's name. And if you can, then just get rid of that name. That's what you have to do, man. You have to think about every angle when you're naming someone. But yeah, but I'll get off this topic um, in case I actually accidentally say the kid's name. Because so. <laughs> I can't be bothered to record again. So, um, or edit the pod to bleep it out. So, 
Right, what has been happening this week? Let's start with the first thing that came to my head was Shakari Richardson. The, is she 19? 21? I don't know. She's young. Uh, American sprinter, top prospect, um, you know, likely to win definitely a medal, hope for the US. Tested positive for cannabis. Well, can, cannabis, cannabinoid, cannabinoid. Um, THC is what she tested positive for. Now, the internet streets, if you believe the internet streets, uh, there's a camp saying she's only young, she was mourning her mum, cannabis is legal in, I think, 27 states, including the state that she took it, Um, everyone makes a mistake, why are they punishing her, they didn't punish Michael Phelps. Why is it even on the list? All these things are, you know, valid points, but they ignore the facts of the matter. That is this. She's a professional athlete. THC is a banned substance. It doesn't have to be performance enhancing to be banned. It's a banned substance. So if you're going to say, why isn't alcohol banned? We don't know, but it's not on the list. So THC is a banned substance. It's on the list. She knew that. Guess what? It's also on the list at WADA, the World Anti-Doping Association. It's actually only on the competitive list. So in the sense of you can smoke weed in your own time when you're not competing. They don't care. Go smoke weed. Because in their mind, they know it's legal. So go smoke it whenever you want. But when you're competing, mm -mm, no. If we test you, no. So don't, don't be doing it. And the fact of the matter is, she's a professional athlete and she's competing. So should she have been smoking? No. Did it enhance her performance? Probably not, but it's there on the list. So do I have this outcry that it's racism or they're targeting the girl? No, not, not one shred of that at all. Another reason I don't have any shred of that is because the girl herself, the woman in question, Shakara Richardson, said, I have made the choice. I knew the risks. I made the choice. I made the mistake. She's got, she's holding her hands up. So why are other people being wrong and strong about it? I do not know. But if she can see the error in her ways, why are people backing a stance that she's not even taking? She knows she messed up. Now, Let's talk about all the other things that have been mentioned around it. Um, People talking about why is it on the list? I don't know why it's on the list, but it's on the list. And she knows that. So let's move on to the next thing. Um, She was mourning her mum. Yeah, she's she's mourning her mum. And that must have been terrible. But guess what? Lots of people have mourned uh, the loss of a parent. And they haven't smoked weed now I think it's a big divide in them between actual weed heads you go you know it's just weed and people don't smoke weed like myself it's like it's, it's a bad substance though so I don't care I even saw um, Sean King try to make it a black thing in the sense of black people been smoking weed for therapeutic reasons for years like, don't do all that like, I can't stand people do that shit and when I say stand people do that shit is they add this pseudo intelligence to a fuck up you know, like for example, let's see the stereotype that black people are always late. Um, actually, no, I don't do that one because there's actually a <laughs> that's a bad example. No, let me think of one. Let me think of one. Not late. Uh huh. How about this? Events. Events, and black people want to come to an event without a ticket and late. Uh, not in the right clothes for the event, right? So then there'll be someone who will go, this is stupid, why do we do this as black people? And then there'll be someone, the person I hate, will try to add some pseudo-intelligence or some history to why black people don't wear the right clothes to clubs. You know, they'll start talking about, you know, segregation and Jim Crow and when black people didn't have access to shoes, 
then we wore different shoes. And that's why we wear different figs that are against the rules. Now, what are you talking about? No, 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 no. Stop it. Tickets are, because tickets are a European concept and they don't have anything like tickets in Africa. No, don't, don't start any of that. You ain't got a ticket for this event. You can't buy it on the door. You knew this. You don't turn up to events at the O2 and try to turn up on the door, try to blag your way in. No. So, no, I don't hear any of that shit. So trying to say that black people have this historical link with marijuana and it's now some kind of racial thing that that they've targeted her for smoking. No, they haven't targeted her for smoking weed. They tested her and it came dirty. Same how they test Usain Bolt and all of his tests have always been clean. So what what can you do there? You like how does I get like Mr. Drug Test? For me, you, you smoke weed, you know you smoked weed. The only reason you took that test is because you thought it's got out of your system. But I don't know. But listen, she might still be able to run. Actually, let me let me not move on before that. Um, what was the other things? Michael Phelps. Uh, Michael Phelps didn't actually test positive for weed. He was photographed smoking weed a um, few months after the Olympics. I think back then, but he got banned. He got banned for three months. But guess what? It was a competitive time. So it doesn't matter. So she's been banned for less for actually testing positive. Whereas he got banned for longer. And all he was done was photographed holding a spliff. So, so anyone using Michael Phelps as a comparison, don't do that. And what else? Um, what other things were there for the people arguing on her behalf? No, that's it. That, that's the only nonsense arguments I saw that I can think of. But look, she might still be able to run. She might be able to run. What is it? I think now it's an ethical dilemma for the US team because they need, now need to decide. So I think if she serves her ban, the ban's back date to the 28th of June. And it's a month ban, which means she'll be off her ban before the first um, competition for 100 metres women's, which is the 30th of July. So the reason why her position is in doubt is because she doesn't have a qualifying time because that's been expunged from the record because she was actually had a banned substance when she ran the qualifying time. So... Is what the US team have to decide. Are they going to take a known drug test failure? I'm not going to call her a drug cheat because she hasn't cheated. It wasn't a performance enhancing drug, so I'm not going to call her a cheat. Um, but you're going to take someone who's failed a drug test and has no qualifying time, but you're going to look a bit shady. It's going to make you look like you're a country that doesn't really care about drug testing if you do that. But if you don't take her, hey, guess what? There's a little island. In the Caribbean, we're ready to smash every sprint event. Yeah? Gold, black, and green. Yes, that's right. Team JA are ready to... They're gonna, Team JA are probably going to smash it anyway. I'd like to see her run against um, Shelly Ann. Um, but we'll see. We'll see, man. I mean, I wanted to go. I wanted to go, but... Are they going to take that risk? And so Twitter started getting a bit cheeky. Trying to see, saw some Americans on Twitter trying to say, hey, if any country should understand someone smoking weed, it's Jamaica. The response from Jamaica Twitter was, suck your mother. <laughs> suck your mother, we run clean. Now, um, but although that isn't racist, what about the swimming caps? The swimming caps, that not being approved. The swimming caps for natural hair. Now, here's one of those ones. It's a chicken and egg thing for me because my initial reaction, admittedly, was does anyone need that at the Olympics? There's black swimmers. They're using swimming caps. They're doing all right. Do you need this one? I was like, no, probably not. Then the response from the common was it FIBA was like um, it's, it has to f- it doesn't fit the natural shape of the head. 
Some people try to make that racist itself, saying, oh, what you say, saying black people's heads aren't normal. It's like, no, your hair isn't your head when it comes to that definition. So again, I was like, mm, bit of a reach. And then I thought about it, the chicken and egg thing. Is it that black swimmers, female swimmers, as they're the ones who've got the longer hair, the ones who are professional, who I've seen, is it that these female swimmers aren't using, are using these swimming caps because they have to? And is it, if they actually had the option, they would use the ones that allowed them to just have their natural hair. Think, then I read an article about a woman who was thinking it's not about the elite level, it's about the junior levels, the levels below, the black people, the black women who want to get into swimming, but then go, I can't do this because of my hair. I can't find a swimming cap. I need two people to help put this cap on over my hair. I can't be bothered to do swimming. And what's the point of me doing swimming when, when I get to professional bit, I can't even use this swimming cap anymore. Now, from a very basic physical point of view, I can't see how these swimming caps would give you a physical advantage. I think maybe even a physical disadvantage because of the drag, because it's actually a bigger cap. But just having something like that, it just creates a kind of a, a barrier to entry into the sport that you cannot compete because your hair. And maybe think, I haven't actually researched this. I wonder if, if there's any swimmers who are Sikh. I don't know if there's any swimmers who are Sikh. You know, would they allow... As we'll see, you just have to cover your hair, right? You don't actually need... Yeah, maybe if you're Sikh, you could just... I need to find it out. Are there any Sikh swimmers? Sikh professional swimmers. Let's let's do this on the pod. We're learning, people. I don't know if there's any Sikh professional swimmers. Um, Sikh professional... Seek professional dating. Yeah, no. <laughs> Sweet professional. Swimming images. Um, I'm just seeing Indian men with swimming caps. Nothing. Because I guess you just you just need your hair covered. I think right. No, that's not true. That's not true. You actually need to wear a turban. Um. I don't know, maybe they've got like a, you know, a thumbs up from, from, I don't know, the Sikh, the Pope equivalent. <laughs> Jesus Christ, that. <laughs> oh, dear, my head teacher was Sikh at primary school. So I know the stories of Guru Nanak, but I'm assuming for... Swimming for sings. Is that guy sick? I don't know. Um, it's going to take me too long to actually read this. So I, I should have done it before. It's the thoughts came to my head now. But um, yeah, just created a barrier of entry for a group of people. And so it, this one does stick a bit more. It's one of those racist moments where it's not the malicious kind of racism. It's more of that kind of, um, kind of it's kind of that white privilege, um, white ignorance. It's just that privileged ignorance of why would that be an issue? You know, like when you just got guys thinking about something and then when it comes to that toilet, for, they don't think about like a toilet where women would need to actually sit down. They say, yeah, it's right. We can just pee behind that tree. It's like, oh, you know, there's women coming, right? So like, yeah. So where are they going to go for a toilet? It's like, um, oh, yeah, no, I thought about that. I think it feels like that. It feels a bit like that, like, yeah, well, it's no big issue. Because there's no thought about just a different type of people. So, yes, because there's no professional swimmers who need it because it isn't actually available, so they can't actually use it, the governing body's gone, yeah, it's not needed. Because I think that's one of the things as well, no professional swimmers appears to need this. So it's going to take for the 
black swimmers, I think, is going to fall on them to say, I do need it. And then that would force, I think that has to force the issue then, right? Um, what else has happened? Oh, there's another topic that was kind of linked to this. Was it Olympic? Was it sports? Was it swimming? Right? swimming. Oh, oh, there you go. Hair, hairdressing. There you go. Segway. That's a sick segue from swimming caps or black hair to hairdressers. So all UK hairdressers have to learn how to cut and style Afro hair. Now, this is a win for the black female customer. But I think this is a potential big L for the black hairdresser. Um, here's my reasons why. I think for the black female um, customer, she will now have options. She, especially if you're a black one who lives out in the sticks, 40 miles from from your hairdresser, you won't, you may not have to travel those 40 miles to get your hair done. You might not have to travel those 40 miles to get your hair done and have to wait because you know it's like they they their clients overran or anything like that because you don't want to travel that far just to sit down somewhere. So if, you know if if Becky's hair. In the town centre, now does black hair. Oh, let me check it out. All right. Here's the thing. I think that um, black business, black hairdressers won't lose. The ones who won't lose any business are your kind of locticians and people do braids. I think that just, it doesn't make commercial sense to take that service on if you haven't already done it. You know what I mean? Because that's, that's time consuming. Like my wife's gone for the day when she's getting her hair braided. <laughs> that's the whole day gone. So I don't think any, I don't think Becky's hairdressers are trying to have a seat be occupied by one woman the whole day. That That's just not, it's, the money isn't money. But colouring, relaxing, cutting, washing, all that, I think those customers can be stolen. Um, I spoke to a few black women about it. Time was one of the things as well, in the sense of punctuality. Customer service. Mm. Customer service is another one. But um, customer service always comes up with black businesses, right? My wife mentioned about customer service. And I said, uh, I mean, cool, I hear that. Because um, granted, there are, sometimes we do get better customer service from a mainstream establishment rather than a, a black establishment. But one place I won't have be besmirched is Caribbean takeaways. I've had enough of this. Um, because people say the customer service in Caribbean takeaways is bad. It's not true. I mean, it is true, but it's not exclusive to Caribbean takeaways. Any ethnic takeaway, not restaurant, ethnic restaurants, you will get a nice service. In my in my experience, including Caribbean restaurants, you get a good service. Restaurants, yes. But takeaways, no, 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 no. Go to a kebab shop. Boss man, yeah, in a kebab shop, he won't even make eye contact with you. You just shout what you want. You're like, um, uh, uh, lamb, lamb sheesh. And they just shout things at you. It never feels like a question. It just feels like you feel panicked into it. Lamb sheesh, small or large? Uh, um, uh, large. Chili sauce, garlic sauce. So, yep, six pound. And then there's you, you give out, you give you 10 pounds, you hand it to them. They are just ripping it out of your hand. Mash open the till and they slam that four pound on the counter. They're serving the next guy. You're dead to them now. And you just left stood there. And the, and the only other question you get asked? Open the wrapped. Um, wrapped, please. And they just spin it up. Dash it. Throw it across the counter. Slam it on the counter. Finish serving next man. 
So customer service, don't talk about customer service. You're not getting good customer service at any takeaway. Chinese takeaway? No. And I feel like a bit, it might be to do with broken English. Why the customer service doesn't feel so nice. But why isn't that afforded to Caribbean places where the person's not from England? I mean, yeah, they speak English, but it's not our English, is it? It's coming home. (laughs) No, but I mean, it's, maybe it's a cultural thing. People moan about Caribbean takeaways and food not being there. Listen, not having that either. I mean, um, go to Greg's. Go to Greg's at a certain time. They've got no steak bakes. They've got no donuts. The freshly made sandwiches look molested. Look, it's it's not good when you go there at a certain time. Sometimes there is a steak bake there. It's cold. Do you get it for cheaper? No. Can they warm it up? They refuse. But we never come out there and go, typical English bakery. We never do that. We just go, oh, okay, it's my fault. I came late. Never do that with Jamaican. Caribbean takeaways. You're there trying to ask for, you know, patties. Patties at 9pm. They're gone. Especially if they advertise they're freshly made. They're gone. You can't be coming to when the shop's about to close being asking for figs. They're about to shut it down. I don't blame them. My wife went, um, yeah, Indian places. They never run out. Indian takeaways, never, they never call them. They say they've run out of a curry. I go, because it's the same curry. You never run out if you make... If you just keep on using the same curry from two weeks ago. She, her mouth dropped to the floor when I said that. She thought it was a bit uh, borderline. I was like, listen, have you ever been to like a bring your own booze? Like in, um, Asian curry house. I don't say Indian because one of them I know is Pakistani. Most Indian restaurants aren't in Indian. They're Bengali. Uh, it's like a very specific region. In India, which also goes into Bangladesh, they're all Bengali, um, and that's where these restaurants are from. These cuisines, and um, have you ever been to your bring your own booze, like in Commercial Street, East London? Brick Lane has a few of them. I dare you, order a medley of curries, just a medley of them. I'm telling you now. You have four curries slapped in front of you. You won't be able to tell the difference between the four. You ask the waiter, hey, um, excuse me, mate, which curry's which? And they'll look at you and be like, what did you order? They say, I ordered uh, a lamb boona. He's like, yeah, that one's a boona. Is it cool? Uh, I ordered uh, a, a lamb dance. Yeah, that, that, that's that one. Seriously, if you said, oh, I ordered fish and chips, that, yeah, that's that one. It's like, mm-hmm. Is it though? I don't think it is. I'm going to be disgusting here, right? When it comes to Indian food, I feel like there's a country become very acclimatised to associating eating Indian food, spicy food, and then being on the toilet the next day. That's what we do. Eat, Eat Indian food because it's spicy, you're on the toilet the next day. Not true. Think about the times if you have Indian friends or Asian friends, and you've eaten at their house. How was your stomach the next day? Was it totally fine? Yes, because they made the food fresh. I'm telling you, I've never eaten at any of my Asian friends' houses or like their parties and had the mash up stomach the next day. It doesn't happen to me. Same time when I went to an Indian restaurant in St. Paul's, high-end one there was Indian people there so it was authentic how was my stomach the next day fine make me go to the Taj Mahal (laughs) yeah on the corner order a curry belly's doing backflips the next morning and I'm just like oh it's part of the experience you know, we've, we've added it in our head that that's part of the experience. 
being broke up for a few <laughs> it's not right stop it so now I'm defending my Caribbean takeaways okay I'm defending them right well how long have I been talking for uh, 35 minutes jeez alright let's get some um no, that's a photo one. Jesus, dear Deirdre, I'm torn between my wife and taking a chance on Jim Lover. I think she'd stick for your wife, but let's see. Dear Deirdre, I'm unsure whether to go back to my wife for the sake of our children or take a chance with someone new. Oh, back to your wife. So you, what, you're separated but not divorced. Let's see. I'm 37. My wife is 35. We've been married for 12 years and have kids aged 8 and 6. Sounds nice. But I recently left home for trial separation as we were making one another unhappy. Mad. Um, we have always had a fiery relationship and over time that translated into a rocky marriage due to the constant arguments. We used to love going to the cinema and taking adventurous foreign holidays. Now it feels like we're a million miles apart. I know my wife still loves me and, and I still care for her. She has asked me for a last chance to make things work and has suggested we both compromise a bit. But I have my doubts, especially as I've met another woman at the gym. Hmm. I wasn't looking. See, now, when you say you met a woman, it's just a woman just staring out on the squat rack. Or have you actually spoken to her? Like, you know what I mean? Because sometimes as guys, especially like married or in long-term relationships, you convince yourself that every woman you haven't spoken to that day, you would have smashed. Like, she would have smashed you. And the only reason you haven't smashed is because you're a good guy and you didn't talk to her. Tell me if I'm wrong, guys. Tell me if I'm wrong. You see an attractive woman on the train and you're just like, man, if I was single, mm, we'd be having sex in the carriage. <laughs> you know what I mean? If I was single, oh... That random woman across the road, we'd be having sex in the middle of the road. I mean, when, and when you think about it in reality, it's like, well, I was single before, and it's strange. I really wasn't having sex across the whole city every turn that I took. You know what I mean? I wasn't just going into a shop and being like, oh, hmm, I think I'm going to have sex with the manager. <laughs> I'm single, nothing's stopping me from doing it. No, it never happened. You just stared at the manager in the shop, like, she's nice, and you then got served by someone else. You paid your money, you got your receipt, you turned back, looked at the manager, she was doing her job, managing the shop, and then you left. That's how it went when you were single. So, is this what this guy's doing? Let's see. Um, I was, I wasn't looking for a relationship so soon, but this woman is very compatible with my personality. She's 32, adventurous, and has a youthful outlook. She knows my situation and is very understanding. She makes you feel alive, amazing, wanted and respected. Sex with her is awesome. Okay, you've actually had sex with her. And I believe we could be, a ha- we could have a happy future together. If it weren't for the children, I would definitely now be walking away, though I know it would hurt my wife a great deal. But my children are such a big consideration. I don't want them to miss out or to harm them. So should I sacrifice my own happiness for the sake of the family? Here's the thing. Your happiness, because you and your wife don't make each other happy, your happiness, if done respectfully, will be your wife's happiness. And if you two are both happy, your kids will be happy. Now, I just remembered your wife wants another chance, so your happiness will not be her happiness. <laughs> she might stab you in the neck. Um, but... Is, that, is there no chance with your wife? I mean, it just doesn't sound like you're happy. you just got to make sure you're not so excited about this woman, simply because she's just not your wife. 
like that's not a foundation. You see a lot of people doing that, right? That the next person that they're with is just basically not their ex. So they're not good, it's just not their ex. To say if their ex was a drug dealer, the next guy, he's so anti-drugs. You know what I mean? I mean, yes, he, he kills animals, but he's anti-drugs. You know what I mean? So you, they just go opposite on one factor and don't, don't think about the whole picture. So she might be have a youthful outlook, but guess what a youthful outlook might bring? Immaturity. But it's all fun when you're just trying to smash on the side, right? But when it, when it comes to like the real real, is she going to be there? Who knows? Who knows? These things you need to consider, my friend. Um, let's see. Trouble teen. My stepdaughter is telling lies to try and drive her dad away from me. Mm. Dear Deirdre, it seems like my stepdaughter is doing all she can to drive me out. Even telling lies about me to her dad, my boyfriend. She's 15. Everything seemed fine when I first started seeing her dad. But as we spent more time together as a couple, her attitude deteriorated. Uh, when her dad isn't in the room, she's sarcastic and short with me. Then she reverts to normal when he's present. Oh, this is like movie level head fucking. <laughs> Where you're going to be moaning to your boyfriend and he's like, what are you talking about? Not my daughter. Not my Libby. Let's see. Um, I'm a woman of 42, my partner's 44, we've been together for two years, I would love to move in together, but I worry about living with his daughter. She has started to tell lies about me. What are these lies? Because these lies will give you a window into what she's actually feeling about you. Let's see. In the past month alone, she told my boyfriend I left the house unlocked when I went to work. Um, and scratched his car with my bag as I rushed by. And that cash has gone missing when I've been the only one in the house. All of it is untrue. Do you know what? I'm a G. Because watch me break down each one of those lies into something bigger that she's probably scared of. Let's go. Uh, she told my boyfriend that I left the house unlocked when I went to work. She's scared that the family unit isn't secure. That's why she's worried about locks. You see? She might lock you in or lock you out, but she just wants that to be locked. So maybe she's worried that, you know, if this woman comes in, we're not going to be stable. So yeah, you've got to reassure her that, hey, I'm here for the long run. And I like you. That's my thing there on that one. Um, scratched his car with my bag as I rushed by. Again, his car maybe represents representation of him. Maybe she's worried that you're going to hurt her dad. It's a reasonable worry, right? She's scared you're going to hurt her dad. She's seen it not work out of her mum. She doesn't want another woman hurting her dad. Daughters and their dads, man. So that's what that one is. And then that the cash has gone missing when I've been the only one in the house. Inheritance. She's worried you're going to take her dad away from her. Money life she's worried about all of that and again it's just reassurance get to, kids get to a certain age where you do have to just be like go fuck yourself but I think you do have to try with kids especially your partner's kids if you really like that person you have to just make that extra effort literally be the bigger person and try to get down on their level to work out what they're scared about or worried about this causing all these out, uh, outbursts. That's my advice on that one. Um, right. Is there time for... I mean, there is time for one more. Because i got to do it. I always like to do three. All right. One more. One more. One more. Mm. <laughs> um, I'm going to this one. Well, I don't know which one to go for. Uh, okay, 
Deirdre, my boyfriend has got a fetish for Polish women and it's getting me down. I'm guessing you're not Polish. My boyfriend has got a thing about Polish women and he calls them Polsky Queens. I am Romanian. <laughs> he probably doesn't know. And I'm fed up uh, with putting on an accent and a traditional Polish dress to please him. Jesus. That is mad. And I'm 28. He's 32. We've been together for 18 months. I met him in the bar and he mistook me for a Polish girl on that first night. That is mad. Imagine this. Imagine... I like, well I do, but imagine I like, I like black women. Then I meet a woman on a night out who I mistook for black or mixed race. And then she goes, no, 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 I'm not. I'm, I'm just like, just tanned. Don't know, don't know what that is. I'm not like, cool. Well, here's what you're going to do. You're going to put on some makeup to look black again. And you're, then you're going to put on an accent. And yeah, and you're going to be black. If not every day, when in bed you are. <laughs> That's mental. Making a do an accent. That fetish is wild. One thing playing fancy dress, but you got to be full acting. Nah, full rather. Nah, nuts. He seemed disappointed when I told him I was Romanian. He has only told me he's more attracted to Polish girls because of their temper and harsh accent. Jesus. I laughed this off to begin with, but he's still going on about these other women. When we have sex, he makes me say things like, I am your Polish queen and you have to obey me. Or this Polish queen rule. What? The, this Polish queen rules in this bed. Jeez, guys, mad. I've been going along with it. As I looked at it as a role play, but he insists I put on this act every time we have sex. And I'm becoming uncomfortable with it now and question whether he actually likes me as a person. His latest request involved me wearing traditional Polish dress outside because I felt so embarrassed or refused. He wasn't pleased and told me that compared to Polish women, Romanians were peasants. Jesus. I was so upset I went to the bathroom and cried, Leave this man in it. I don't know what the hell was. <laughs> How's he going to call your whole nationality peasants? He is a hard worker and treats me well, and I really do love him and want to make it work with him. So I decided I'd wear this outfit in our home for him. When I stepped into our bedroom wearing this dress, he said, Now, that is how I like my Polsky queen. He asked me to wear it often, which I do, but I'm left wondering if the real me is not the person he wants. Am I overthinking it all? Yeah, he, this fetish is mad. Like... Every time, that's the issue. Every time you have sex, he wants you to be Polish. But now he doesn't like you then. He doesn't like you. He likes his dream version of you, but not you. Which is nuts. Yeah, you, you got to leave this man. Unless you're staying with him because it's a bit techy out there and you're not trying to get deported. I don't know. Anyway, so shifty. Boyfriend has deleted pictures of us from social media and follows OnlyFans pages. Wow, man didn't even do a burner account. He just went straight into that real account and I'm showing you, my own girlfriend, you're a dickhead. Dear Deirdre, there used to be lots of pictures of us on my boyfriend's social media, but he's deleted them all and won't put more up. <laughs> his phone is always on silent and messages or notifications can only be read when his phone is unlocked. Um, it is making me very self-conscious, I imagine, and I loathe myself. I feel ugly uh, and not good enough. If I ask him to put up, put up a picture up, he goes into a mood and turns the argument on me. I suspect he messages other women online. I do too. He follows OnlyFans pages and we have stopped sleeping together. Jesus. I'm 23, he's 24 and we've been together two years. End it, you're young. End it now. Yeah, just, just, just end it now. Because you're young, it gives you a chance to find someone new and still be young. You stick with this guy. He, he, I don't think he's going to leave, so you're going to be stuck with him. Um, you got to leave. You have to leave. It's nuts. Anyway, I am shattered. It's half 12 now, so it's definitely time for bed. Um, 
like I said, check out darrellgriffs.com forward slash gigs. For any gigs you want to see me performing at, um, oh, I can actually announce it now. That will be part of the uh, Comedy Fest um, Carnival Weekend um, in Roundwood Park, Harlesden, NW10. Um, let me give you a few of the names that are going to be on this bill. It's nuts. Um, I'm on the Friday show, the opening show, UK Comedy First. Um, yeah, got some good people coming on, man. Anyway, look, it's it's the it's the who's who. So here's the people that I'll be at the UK Comedy First: Dame Baptiste, Tess Ilias, Deliso, Chaponda, Stephen K. Amos, K. Kurt, Slim, Kane Brown, Michael Adewale, Annette Fagan, Ori Steiner, Axel Blake, Junior Booker, Michael Akadiri, Miles Crawford, Miss Mori, or Peter Francis. Uh, Shabba, Rudy Liquid, Tanya Moore, Quincy, Marlon Davis, Baba Tunde, Sakisa, Variety D, Eddie Nesta, Mr. C, Robbie G, Jambi McGrath, Russell Hicks, Rialina, Curtis Walker, Athena Koblenu, Cat, Dizzle, Ola, Ade, Victor Daniels, Glenda Jackson, Sarah Callahan, Darren Griffiths, Prince Abdi, Jason Peterson, White Yardy, Shazia Mirza, Ping Wing, Toju, Christopher Savage, Nabil Abdul Rashid, Fumbi, Amoteo, Latif Lovejoy, Smash Entertains, Les Blair, Kazim Jamal, Icy Jones, President Abonjo, Travis J, Sarah Spear, Jeff Innocent, Luke Craig, Kima Bob, Sook Ojla. Well, I don't know what day these other guys are on. I'm on Friday. I'm on the opening show. That's me. I'm on the opening show. We're bringing it in. Yeah? And they're slowly building the festival. So you've got your main stage, your headliner stage, the events, the lineups. It's, 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 it's all there. Go to www.comedy-fest.com for more information. It's going to be it's gonna be a mad one. It's actually going to be a mad one. Um, yeah, man. Okay, yeah, there's me. Opening show, 6pm to, to 8pm on the Friday 27th of August. That'll be me. On that show, it'll be Darren Griffiths, Sarah Callahan, Victor Daniels, Ola, Curtis Walker, Mr. C. Um, so, yeah, boy. Go get your tickets. Don't be dumb. Don't be dumb. Go get your tickets. Anyway, that is the end of the pod, uh, people. I'm knackered. Peace.